Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Buggies broadcast, season 4, episode 7. That's right, I'm back, it's Luke Hatfield alongside none other than West Brom correspondent and a man who's now too scared to post a stadium picture on Twitter when he arrives at any ground, Mr Joe Massey. Oh hello mate, hello, it's, uh, it's very nice of you to join me actually mate. What's that supposed to mean? Very, very nice of you to join me, well... So you couldn't be bothered to turn up last week, I think that's fair to say, just some sort of absolute nonsense of, uh, I don't know, you seem to think you work sort of over your hours or something, you needed some time in lieu, which quite frankly is absolutely ridiculous. It's laughable, isn't it? Today, it's laughable, mate, it's laughable. Today, it's been a nightmare pinning you down to a time because you're too busy flirting with some sort of Fulham podcast, which... <sighs> um, if I don't, if I, if I think I'm right, it doesn't pay your wages. I think that's right, isn't it? It's been a nightmare, tiny down because of that. And then next week, you're going on holiday again. I mean, just to clarify, I was on a Fulham podcast today. Do you know Three why I was on that podcast in a row, you've been very difficult to work with. Very difficult to work with. What can I say? I'm a man in demand. <laughs> Do you know why I was doing that Fulham podcast? Every, every, every week, we have an inside track on, on Albion's opponents. And... The person who runs that podcast was happy enough to send us answers for that. And in return, he asked if I could appear. Well, he first, firstly, he asked for you. I was like, no, 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 you don't want Joe Massey. Did he ask you for me first? No, he didn't really. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> if he asked for you, mate, I was passing your details right on. Um, I mean, he would have been right to, but... Yeah, but I was like, no, you don't want him. He's, he's just a joker who works on the side. You want me, mate. Uh, but no, I was doing him... A, I, was, I was returning the favour. Yeah, but I was like, when we were doing it, and you were like, well, I've got this Fulham podcast, la 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 la, all yesterday, I've got this Fulham podcast I'm working on. Like, I was like, mate, they don't pay you ages, do they? And you're like, oh, Fulham, 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 Fulham. Um, and then, yeah, and you're going off next week as well. Well, I'll still keep an eye for an upside-down picture of Craven Cottage. Do you know what, right? So, this is hilarious. I don't know what's happened to my phone, but it's not, it's not happened at a good time for me, because... Um, so I've got this phone. I mean, I'm just going to say it as it is. It's a rubbish phone. Absolutely rubbish. It's a Samsung phone. I don't know what, like, model. But I know Samsung phones are really good and you get really good pictures on them and this, that and the other. This company one, issued, yeah? Company issued. Company issued. This one's like... I'm just going to say it as it is. The Express and Star obviously had to take out a mobile phone contract with whoever, a provider, a service provider, and literally must have said, give us the cheapest smartphone you can possibly find. Um... <laughs> And they have given that to me, um, and all and all us reporters really, and it's just, it's rubbish if I'm honest. But I don't have to pay for it, so I sort of take the hit. Um, but the camera on it has just gone completely pink tong. So you know, um, you know this NHS Track and Trace app. Yeah. It's like based on your camera, isn't it? You have to take a picture of those little, the like barcodes, I can't remember what they're called. They're called QR codes, yeah. QR codes, there you go. So my camera is so rubbish on my phone that I can't check in anywhere with the track and trace, <laughs> um, which makes it, just just sums up this phone completely. And my my camera is now rotating pictures. So I actually told a lie when I said I, I couldn't, uh, I wasn't, I didn't, I bottled taking a picture because I did actually take a picture. But instead of... The picture flipping upside down this week, it flipped to its side. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? Um, so that's it now. I'm just going to have to just um, just tweet, I've arrived. <laughs> I thought I did so well last week. You know, I wasn't there for the for the Albion podcast. I was off. You posted your little tweet asking for questions and I got in there quick. I got in there quick. I stuck, I stuck, I stuck the, Brady, the Baggies broadcast 
you know logo that you use every week. I flipped it upside down. Uh, I thought I did well there, but you didn't really respond. Sorry, man. I don't, I don't, I don't even actually saw it. Did I see I think, it? I, I think you just replied with some laughing emojis. I thought it was worth more than that. Sorry, man. I was at a game, to be fair. I'm busy. It's not really good enough. Hang on, what game was this? What game was I at? Uh, you were at the Amex. Was it the Amex? Oh, right. <laughs> I probably just have a bit of time. No, 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 no. No, wait, this wasn't the Amex. This is before you were doing the podcast last week with Nathan. Oh, yeah, I should have jumped on that more. No, I did say something because you couldn't wait to reply. You were on holiday and you, that was it. You were straight into it, weren't you? No, because you, you, you said um, you're one of the first people to reply on your day off. And I was like, you literally added me in the tweet. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you have to have notifications on. You obviously had your notifications on because people at me in tweets all the time. I get back to them about six hours later. Can I not browse Twitter on my day off? Yeah, but it's a bit coincidental, mate, that the moment that tweet comes out, you're there. Like, I mean, I could, it was like, didn't even say one minute reply, did it? It said like 30 seconds. I mean, I must admit, I was waiting for that. I, I had it planned. You've got notifications on, haven't you? I don't have your notifications on. I bet you do. I don't. Would you have Baggy's broadcast notifications on? No. No, you must just have a notification on when you get added in. Well, no, no. Like, it doesn't come up on my phone when it's just off. Like, if I'm on my phone and I go to, I open the Twitter app and they just appear in there, yeah. But you must have been, yeah, so, all right. Well, you were replied within 30 seconds. You're obviously looking out for it all waiting to be added in. Goes without saying. Yeah, well, um, shall we Shall we get on to this episode? Yes. All right, okay. Um, Brighton 1, West Brom 1. Uh, how, was, how was your trip down to the South Coast, Joe? Um, eventful, mate. <laughs> it was an eventful couple of days, really. It was... Um, so, I got an, I got a nod on the way down um, that a story was going to come out basically in one of the nationals that Bilic wasn't happy about the sale of Ahmed Aghazi. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that sort of was interesting, an interesting phone call to get on 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 the way down, and then I sort of had like two options really. I could either sort of pull over and start looking into it and try and do a bit of digging. Or I just thought, do you know what? It's not ideal, but in about six hours, I'll be speaking to the man himself anyway. So Mm. I might as well just get it from the horse's mouth and and see what he says after the game Um, and decided to plump for that that option, really. But, um, yeah, it broke up the journey, mate. Should we say that? It certainly gave me something to think about on the way down. It was was intriguing, to say the least. So you you turn the music off, you little sing-along on the way down. And then just, you were just thinking about that, weren't you? Um, let's let's talk through the game, Joe. Uh, for me, I mean, we kind of covered this in the video. For me, a little bit of a first half to forget. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I stand by what I said on the video. I thought the album were okay for twenty minutes. Um, I thought it was a bit of a sort of a very cagey, um, non-event really. The first twenty minutes. There's, there's a question. I saw someone ask a question about this, about like, but I might get into it now actually. Um, because Bilic said this interesting thing at the presser yesterday. He said, um, "There's they keep having moments when Albion keep going, oh my God, these are good. Mm. Um, and that definitely happened around 20 minutes in, um, into that game at Brighton. I genuinely believe for 20 minutes there was nothing between the two sides. Neither was creating much. It was very, very even. Bit of a stalemate. And then it was probably more pie... He put the ball in the net, um, but was offside. 
Yeah. Or it might have been the Sam Johnston save, I don't know, um, when he made a really good save to keep him out. But there was that sort of what Bilic calls when they said, oh my God, these are a good side. And it's almost like the players go into the games like confident and ready to show what they can do and ready to be like, yes, we're Premier League. And then they have this moment in the game where they're like, oh, we are actually in the Premier League. These are good sides. And they and they lose a little bit of momentum and belief. Um, and it took... it. Took them to get back in at half time and for Billich to sort of rally them. And, like, as Livermore said afterwards, he said that they identified where they were being hurt by Brighton and sort of worked, a way to, worked out a way to stop it. And from that point on, they, in the second half, they were brilliant, really. And I, I mean, probably could have won the game, if we're being honest. I mean, Pereira's had an awful lot of chances. Mm. Um, the draw was certainly deserved. So I think that's really interesting that Billich said that. Um, Still, it's still about belief, isn't it, for a lot of these players? Um, six games in, they're definitely getting better. With every game, bar South, we keep saying it, but with every game, bar Southampton away, they are getting better. They are improving. That first win, it does feel like it's coming. Um, but yeah, very, very encouraged really from the second half at Brighton. I thought they they, they really took the Albion really took the game to them. Um, and yeah, it's just just those just those small margins really just. It's just getting that first win, isn't it? Um, they were so close to it. Um, but yeah, hopefully it'll come at Fulham on Monday. Yeah, it's an interesting point you raise there because they have kind of, at times, they've, they've gone into their shells, haven't they? I mean, you look at that Chelsea game, for example, and obviously they started so well and obviously pounced on Chelsea's mistakes. But you did see after they scored their first Chelsea that Albion, they, they were a little bit more hesitant, weren't they? And, and they've shown that at times. They need to kind of maybe kick that habit. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think a lot of it's hu- it's just human nature, really. Like, it's not, it's, it's very hard to, you see it an awful lot in football, goals are conceded in quick succession, if you like. And mm. I think Albion actually did really well in that Chelsea game, not to concede in quick succession. The, the goals in that second half were really, they were very much spread out over the second half. Um, they didn't sort of fold like a pack of cards after one went in. They, they sort of weathered every storm um, until they conceded again. But I thought it was a real, really interesting insight from Bilic. Um, and I actually think it's insight you wouldn't get from a lot of managers. Um, I mean, he gives you much better quotes than the vast vast majority of managers anyway, Slavin. Um, mm. he, is, he is, obviously, he does give us all great insight, really. But I think it's very interesting that they, they have had those moments. Um where they sort, of, where they doubt themselves, maybe whether they doubt themselves at the level. And I think, I think the good news is that they are. But I think there's a big difference now in their belief to where it was at the start of the season. Um, they're definitely, definitely heading in the right direction. Um, I think the first win will be absolutely massive for them. Um, and I also think probably having Carlin Grant is quite a big boost for them as well. I thought his mm. goal on at Brighton was fantastic. Really, um, you've just nipped my second point. Oh, no, sorry, just, Pat. No, no, it's fine. Because it, it was a, it showed what he was all about. I don't think there was another Albion player in the squad that would have taken that goal quite the way that Carlin Grant did. Yeah, that's exactly what that's exactly what I was trying to say, really. Because I think I'm a huge, as everyone knows, I'm a huge Carlin Robinson fan. I think he's done fantastically well, and I think he's got a huge role to play. Huge role to play, and I think he can score goals. Um, but there's different types of centre forward, aren't there? And I don't, I just. Callum Robinson's learning the role. Um, there was so much, there was so much about that Grant goal to be impressed with. One that he had the strength really to hold off his marker, mm. and two that he didn't panic. He he knew where he was. 
he took his time, he took an extra touch um, and then sort of lashed it home. And it, it was just a sort of, it, it just showed us, it just showed how more naturally he is perhaps in the role, how more experienced he is in the role. I think it's probably a better way of saying it. How more experienced he is in the role compared to Callum Robinson. Um, it was a really good goal, wasn't it? Um, Proper roof of the net. Like you don't, you don't stop them. Yeah, I just think. He, I mean, look, that's why Bilic was so keen to get him, and, and and why he kept talking about having sort of different types of strikers. So he's made a, he's made a good start. Um, when you think against Burnley as well, that goal was just he had an offside goal ruled out for a fraction. Mm. Um, he's let's be honest, he's he's going to be a huge player this season, isn't he? He's going to be absolutely massive. Certainly is. Um, fans after the game. They're kind of calling for that 90-minute performance, and it's one that you hope comes sooner rather than later because they have they've had they've had they've had periods in games where Albion look really really good, and then they've they've had other other moments where it's been a little bit maybe below par. They need they need a game where for 90 minutes or for at least 80 85 minutes they show what they're about all, all the way through, don't they? Yeah, but when. This is that exactly that ties into the oh my god thing. So, mm. uh, like these oh my god moments when you are not gonna have a seven. You, the, the best really you can ever hope for is a seventy-minute performance in terms of impressing with the ball and dominating the game. It's just not gonna happen. You're gonna get any more than that. You're playing Premier League sides who every single one of them has got quality. So you are always gonna be. The opposition just always going to have a spell. Mm. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. They will have, it might be 10 minutes, it might be 15 minutes, it might be 20 minutes spread out over the game, but they are going to have a spell when they're on top. And what Bilic is talking about is making sure that when you, when the opposition are having that moment, those moments, you play just as well without the ball as you do with it. That's the key, and you and you you restrict them, and you nullify their threats, and that's what they haven't done. That you could, you, everyone knows that feeling when you just sense a goal is coming, when you could, mm. when you, when, you, when it just feels inevitable. You can see it, you can just see it come in, and you could see Brighton's goal come in on um, on Monday night. It just yeah. felt like they were going to score before the break, and once you've got momentum in football, it's just so hard to stop it. But what, what you have to do is not have that feeling. You have to stop that feeling where you just feel like it's inevitable where you're going to concede. And that's where they've fallen down slightly. That's their, oh my God, these are a good side moments. They just need to breathe and def- and defend as well, as well as they possibly can really, to restrict them. And that's where they're falling down at the minute. Um, it's just in those moments, because they are... They are not going to dominate for ninety minutes. Anyone who thinks they are, it, it, you just—it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Um, this doesn't happen for anyone. You watch Liverpool play whoever, Burnley at the weekend. Whoever they play, the Burnley will have a spell um, because all these teams are good. A good team. Sheffield United will have a spell against anyone. So it's just about riding those waves and just not being as open as Albion were in that twenty-five minutes. Um, in that final 25 minutes of the first half at the Amex because Brighton did look a bit rampant, really. Mm. Um, and you just have to stem that tide as much as you possibly can. Um, and and they, and they did, like, they did do it and they didn't do it, really. They only conceded one goal in that time and it was an absolute, yeah. it was a really, really unfortunate one in terms of, I mean, these are the things that are going against Albion at the minute. It's just... They've had no luck at the start of this season at all. Another day, Ivanovic just clears that, and it doesn't. It doesn't hit Livermore at all, does it? 
Yeah, and like Livermore said, like you got he had to make that run. I mean, you, you will prevent more goals by making that run than you score own goals if you know what I mean. Yeah. All the all the two of them are doing is is like busting a gut to get back and make a clearance. And and do you know what? If Livermore would have thought, oh, I just won't bother this time. I won't make that run. I'll just have a breather. He wouldn't have been there and the ball would have been cleared. Um, mm. But you can't you can't live like that, can you? More often than not, the, it was the right thing to do. So it's just unfortunate, really. But but I think I think we should all be encouraged because even... let's. I think you can say for 65, 60, for 65 minutes against Brighton Albion were the better side or equal to mm. Brighton only had a 25 minute spell really in that first half and I'll tell you in the Premier League that's going to happen it's going to happen it's just how you deal with it yeah and more promising signs in the fact that I think you looked at some of the new players and we've we've already touched on Grant I think they're settling in pretty well Conor Gallagher he looks like a really good signing to me yeah, I mean, I, I, I love him, I do. I, and I thought he was excellent at Brighton. Made uh, a right shift. I thought he was really, really good. Um, saw a few mixed thing, reviews, really, about it. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was really, really good. Um, he's been really good in both games. I just think he's got everything, really. I can't I can't, I can't see a weakness in his game, really. I mean, look, he's only... Really complete player, isn't he? Really well-rounded, isn't he? And... and um, Look, he probably he has to. He, he, he'll feel he has to improve in every area. Of course, he does. I mean, um, but he's made a really bright start, and he's just what you. He's just like a, in football manager terms, he's a proper CM, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like he's just a CM. He can do literally a bit of everything. Um, I, I just think, yeah, I, mean, I thought he was brilliant in the championship last season. It's really nice to see him. It's a bit. It's been a bit like sort of effortless, really, hasn't it? He's he's, he's immediately stepped up, stepped up into that into the Premier League really I'm intrigued to see how far he can go you know because I know he's I know he's only in on loan but I don't see him getting too many opportunities um, in the future with, with Chelsea I'm really I don't want him to be and I, I don't mean this in a bad way towards someone say like a, a, a Ruben Loftus-Cheek or someone who, who's off, and I know he's had injury issues who hasn't been helped by the situation at Chelsea um, if he's given opportunities to play, he could be a right player. Yeah, I mean, I think you're writing him off a bit early for Chelsea. I mean, they, one thing you have to say about Chelsea is they do give young players a chance. Um, well, they did when they, they had a transfer embargo. I'm not too sure now. Yeah, true. But look, Mason Mountain's done really well there. Um, I mean, he'll be the inspiration only for Gallagher. Um, I don't know. I think. Look, is, he, is he 20 years old, Conor Gallagher? He's not old. Let's have a little Google. 23 max. No, he's not 23. Yeah, he's 20 years old. Um, what I know for a fact is England are massive on him. Yeah. Um, he's being very, very sort of heavily scouted by England. I think, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was scouts for England under 21 or England. I think it was probably England under 21, but they've been at all Albion's games um, to watch him play. Um, he's, he's, he's got a massive future, mate. Massive future. Is it a Chelsea? I, I couldn't. You couldn't. Maybe you can say at this moment in time. He, he's definitely got a shot at it, though. Um, definitely, definitely got a shot at it. So you got to think. I mean, he's had two games in the Premier League. He's twenty years old. Imagine if he plays three seasons in the Premier League. On he could be. He could be at Albion for three years on loan, and he plays yeah. three seasons in the Premier League. And then imagine what a player will be when he's twenty-three. 
and he'll still only be 23. So, yeah, I think he's um, got a, a, a yeah, huge future. Cracking crack signing for me. Yeah. Cracking yeah. signing. Uh, let's talk Bilic. Um, I know you kind of covered it a little bit earlier, but uh, there were worries around uh, what happened with with Ghazi leaving and the quotes that he gave. Have those worries been allayed now? Yeah, I think they've definitely been allayed. Um, Bilic was very um, sort of front-footed when he was at... He was, so it's Friday today. How does pre... Fulham presser yesterday, Thursday. Um, and of course, obviously, that was always going to be um, the issue that dominated the agenda. Um, and he was very sort of... He was asked three times um, about about it. He was essentially asked the same question three times in slightly different ways, just because he needs clearing up and, and people want to hear from him on this issue. And he basically said the same answer every single time. He, he, he very much knew what he was going to say at the presser yesterday. Um and that is essentially that um, the chapter's closed. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a case of the issue's been, everyone's moving on from it. There's, no, there's nothing anyone can do now. Amad Aghazi um, is an Alitiad player. Bilic isn't happy about that. We know that. But he's got a job to get on with at Albion. Um, and he's spoken to the board and, and I think probably Luke Dowling and Ken since the Brighton game. He, he reiterated um, his mm. point that he doesn't think Agassi should have been sold, um, and he and he said he felt he had to say it. He felt he had to say it publicly. He and we've talked about it before, but it, managers do in the Premier League. Managers do an awful lot of interviews post game. You wouldn't believe it how many they do. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. He does about six interviews before he even gets to me, um, and. He made sure he said the same thing in every interview, whether it was TV, whether it was radio, whether it was written press. Um, he, he wanted to say that on Monday night. Um, yeah. And he said that again to the likes of Luke Dowling and Ken in the week. Um, and as far as he's concerned, that's it in our case closed. And hopefully, hopefully it is. Um, because I think we all agree that Albion have got a much better chance of standing in the Premier League with Slaven Bilic. Um, yeah. because he's a fantastic manager um, for sure so fingers crossed everyone can move on do you think he's been given some assurances uh, potentially over January it's not a million miles away when you look at it What we're a month away it's, it's crazy that a month away from or two months away sorry um, uh, from the transfer window opening up do you reckon he's been given some assurances about maybe that Hagazi money yeah yeah yeah. he will have I think he doesn't. You know, he almost doesn't need to be given the assurances because Albin's model is is very very clear. It's completely self sufficient, and they have their transfer budget and they have their wage budget, and it's it's in a cycle, if you like. If if seventy grand a week comes out of wages that are being paid, then seventy grand per week is available to be spent on wages. It's it's very very simple. So this money that Agazi as, as freed up, if you like, um, could be used for. Look, we don't think Albion have got a lot of a lot of money to spend in January. Um, they certainly haven't got. Look, we know they had twenty million to spend in the summer. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much gone. Um, understandably so. They've done incredibly well with it. Um, so I think the Agassi money potentially is there now for for a loan. Um, 
for what would be look they're not going to want to pay someone 70 grand a week because it just he, from what I understand Hagazi was quite considerably Albion's highest earner probably about 20,000 pounds a week I think Albion are quite yeah. happy to pay sort of in the region of 50 um, we're hearing reports now that Pereira's in talks for a new contract for about 45 so yeah I think for 50, I mean, for 50 grand a week, obviously, they can get a very good player. And look, there's going to be a hell of a lot of good players kicking their heels um, in January, wanting six months of football um, ahead of potentially the Euro. So I think that's how, I think that's personally, that's how I think the money will be reinvested. Um, I think it'll be a loan in January. It could be a massive loan in January. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah that's, that's, that's what I think will happen. Yeah, I was going to say, do you reckon some of that money is going towards that Pereira deal? Which, it, it, to me, it looks like obviously Albion they want to tie him down. They want to they want to you know make sure that he's they've got as much value in him as possible. Because if they are going to be self sustainable, you know they've got to keep value in their players and having a long contract. Although contracts nowadays they don't they don't mean too much. A player can still leave having a four year deal, um, but it does make the it does hike the transfer fee up. Yeah, yeah, and Bilic, as always, giving away my story for tomorrow, but or I might come out today, I'm not sure yet. But um, <laughs> like Bilic is like my story tomorrow is it's very important to play players what they're worth. Um, in terms of like they're standing in the group as well. I mean let, let, let's be honest, we all probably Mateus Pereira is Albion's best player. Um he's, yeah. So he should be paid parity with the top earners, shouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, at this moment in time he isn't being. Um so, Spillage just said, I mean, there's no issue with Pereira. I mean, he's very, like, he's happy. He couldn't be happier, really. Um, but it's just nice. You don't want an issue there, do you? You don't want him thinking, well, hang on a minute. Um, So-and-so's on this much. Yeah. Why am I only on this? Yeah, well, it, yeah. could, it, could cause, it could cause fractures behind the scenes. Things like, I mean, with great respect, like, Kieran Gibbs, is, is, he can't get in the team at the minute. And he is one of the top earners. And you can understand if Pereira next look, he should have scored at Brighton, but if he's if he gets a couple of goals, a couple of assists, and Albin are out of the bottom three at Christmas with Pereira on five goals and five assists or whatever, then he's gonna you can understand him looking at that going, Well hang on, like I'm getting a fair amount less than this guy who's potentially on the bench if Kieran Gibbs is still on the bench. And you know, if you, you know, I'm just using Kieran Gibbs as an, ex- as an example, yeah. but yeah, so it's just I think Albion just trying to alleviate any of that really, um, and they've got a bit of money now because the guards has gone. I don't know if I, I don't know. I think they probably would have done it anyway, to be honest. Um, mm. um, but it helps, doesn't it? It helps, and I, I've said I've written it. I've said it. I, I, I know Bilic wasn't happy, but I truly believe the Agazi deal was a was a was a good deal for Albion to do. Um, I think there's question marks the way it was done, but financially. Um, I think they're, they're I think they're better off without him than, than with him. Yeah. Um let's talk about Camille Grzycki, Joe. Um it was I never expected him to leave. Uh obviously he's not leaving now. Uh courtesy of what, twenty one seconds. Um but it's an it's an awkward situation, but one that I mean it, it resolves itself pretty simply and Albion have resolved it. I mean he's back in the Premier League squad now. It's not there's no issue there. But was was that another view? Do you reckon in terms of we can get some wages maybe off the bill, uh, and we can use that money elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. I think Grzycki's departure, um, in many ways, sort of sums up 
or failed departure, should we say, and, and sort of the, the reaction to it sums up, and I mean this with like the greatest respect, sort of sums up how over-dramatised things are. When, mm. when you're not in, when you're not in football, um, and how sometimes things on social media are really sort of overplayed. And I think what what I'm trying to say by that is, it's now Slavin Bilic is, is is very happy to have Grzycki back in the group. It's not like look, let's be honest, Grzycki has hardly featured since he joined Albion. There's no yeah. there's no doubt about that. He's obviously got to convince Slavin that he's worthy of a place in this team. That we, we you hear different things. Maybe is he is he sort of a bit one of those who doesn't put it? We get players like it who just don't put in. They're not great trainers, um, yeah. and there's definitely like Bilic when when he got Krizicki, he was thrilled. He was absolutely thrilled. He's wanted to sign him a few times in his career, and obviously something's happened, or there's just something that Bilic has seen that he just thinks needs improving. Um, but but it's not it's not like oh I've got it's not Bilic has never been like I've got to get him out. I've got to get him out. I've had enough of this guy. I don't want him. I don't want him. He's useless. Get rid. Get rid. Get rid. What Bilic thinks and what he said yesterday was Kamal Grzycki is a is a damn good player. Mm-hmm. He's got Premier League experience. Um, there's very few players in the squad who've got that. And he said it's completely up to him. Um, if he comes in and back into training and starts having blinders and playing really well, he'll be in the squad. He'll be in the team. It's not. It's not. It's not. Bilic said the reason why they were willing to let go of Grzycki was because of money. We all know Albion have got hardly any money. They've got to balance the books. They, I think they might have... I think it's uh, Although Dowling has done an, amazingly on the Colin Grant deal, I think it's fair to say they've stretched themselves as as, as far as they possibly can. Mm. Um, and they need to recoup a little bit. Hence Agassi's departure. And they, look, they, would have, they would have liked to have got rid of Charlie Austin, we think. And, and Grzycki is another one. Um, you wonder with Grzycki, I think there was probably more interest in him than others. I, I don't know if there's many teams knocking down the door for Matt Phillips at the moment. Um, I think Carl Edwards is probably better off at Albion um, yeah. rather than maybe because he's, well, he's playing well actually. I mean, so I just think Grzycki was an opportunity to balance the books. There's obviously an issue there. Something's happened. Maybe he isn't a great trainer. Bilic isn't like that. But Bilic will welcome him back into the fold. There's nothing Bilic would like more than Grzycki to absolutely play a blinder in the next couple of training sessions, make himself unplayable, get himself in the team and start scoring hatchets like he did against Pol- uh, for Poland in the last international break. So there's no dramas there. It's not sort of, it's not, every, everyone no. will be absolutely fine with Grzycki coming back in and Grzycki will be absolutely fine coming back in. Um, there's no hatchet to bury. No, there's no hatchet to bury. And I think that's what sometimes... Things just aren't as dramatic as people make out sometimes. Like people say, oh, Billich is going to be furious that he's staying and all this. That's just not the case. It's just not the case. Um, it's just not... It's just Football is honestly a lot less exciting than people think. Um, mm. It is a lot less dramatic than people think. And he will just slot back in. And fingers crossed... Uh, I said it last week to Judah. I said, like, really, let's hope this is a turning point for him. He, he, he's been made available for transfer. While he's been away, he's, he's already had one move to Forest collapse this transfer window. Yeah. He then scored a hat-trick for Poland. He's then had another move to Forest collapse. Maybe it's just written in the stars. He wants to stay as well, Grzycki. I know he agreed terms to Forest and, and he was ready to go. Of course he was. But 
he wants to be in the Premier League and he wants to prove himself in the Premier League. So this could be a real watershed moment for him. And I, honestly, I really hope it is because um, he's got pace to burn. He, he, he could offer something. Yeah, there's something about him, isn't there? Um, lastly, I mean, this, this, there seems to be a little bit of an aura and we've kind of touched on it in previous podcasts. Do you reckon that first win will just kind of like lift that mood? Because at the moment, everything's a bit of like, oh, what's going on at West Brom? But not in a... Not in a great way, you know what I mean? Like the, the Bilic and Hagazi stuff and then you've got the Grizicki stuff and then, you know, there's, there's, if they get a win, does that just lift the mood around the club a bit more? Yeah, yeah. I think the mood around the club is very good, you know. And Bilic made a point... I think... Well, look, obviously the mood between Bilic and the board has not been great. So there's, yeah, there's yeah. No, no one's disputing that. And, and obviously now, hopefully, they're starting to bury the hatchet a little bit and, and, and work forwards. The move between the players and, and the manager and everything is, is great. Um, um, everyone's very much pulling in the same direction. I think it comes back to this belief thing. They, they do need that first win um, just for that little extra. It's such a shame they didn't get it against Chelsea. Mm. Such a shame. That would have been a huge boost, wouldn't it? Beating a team like Chelsea. Yeah, it would have been absolutely huge. Um, but the group's in a good... And, and Bilic said this a couple of times yesterday. Um they're not in the bottom three. They, I was just about to say that, yeah. That they're, they're outside that relegation. And zone. they have been. like, well, OK, they've not got that first win. But I think we have to give them a bit more credit. I think people have to give them a little bit more credit than what they've got, really. Um, and, look, you need to win games of football. Of course you do. There's a big difference between three points and one. We all know that. Mm. Um, but Albion have played six games. I mean, it's all stats and you can spin it which way you want. But Albion have played six games in the Premier League. They've only lost three of them. Yeah. Um, they're two unbeaten as well, if you like. Like they, they're not, they're not getting bar Southampton away. They're not getting outclassed or trounced or do you know what I mean? They're, they're doing all right. They're, They've lost the same number of games as Arsenal this season. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. Good start. Yeah. Um, they need they need to to win a cup. They need to start. They need to win. Start winning here and there, don't they? Um, there's no doubt about it. But. Look, Fulham's massive. Get that win at Fulham because, look, you can be the biggest Albion fan in the world, but let's be honest, we're not expecting to get anything against Tottenham and Man United, are we? Um, But then after that, there's another little run of games where you think, "Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. So they just need to... Yeah, it'd be massive if they can beat Fulham. But I do think everyone needs to remember that, that that six games in, they're not in the bottom three. Um, They're not doing too badly. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm just... I'm just looking at this this fixture list. You've got Fulham, which is a massive game. Spurs at home, then United away. Sheffield United, who have been, I mean, questionable so far this season, to put it lightly. Crystal Palace, who I know they're away from home and they play better away than they do at home, but are beatable. And then you've got Newcastle. I mean, those are games which, I mean, Albion aren't going to go into games saying, yeah, nailed on three points any time this season. But there's opportunities there. Opportunities, yeah. And... That, and- yeah, exactly. Opportunities, and um, but I think Brighton are a decent team, mate. And and they showed the second half that they can outplay them if you like. Um, I feel like Brighton should be doing better than they are. Yeah, they should. I think they've been they they are they have been a bit unlucky I, um, in in the game so far. But yeah, it's like you said, there's opportunities. Um, I just think they've done. A, they, look, they need the. I keep repeating myself. They need that win. There's no doubt about it. They need that win. But they're doing. They're, they're, doing, they're doing okay. They're doing yeah. okay. It's not like they're getting Bar Southampton away when they were poor. They're, mm. they're not getting hammered. 
Yeah, that's fair. And you know, you know what? What was the case at Southampton away? I was there. That was it. Yeah. I'm a bad luck charm, and I. Yeah. Um, let's go on to questions. First one comes from Ronnie. Is there any way the club or their opponents can object to a 5:30 p.m. kickoff time with the broadcasters? Christ Almighty, we've seen a fair few of them this season. Is there any way the club did it say? Yeah. Um. I, I'm pretty sure they don't really have a choice. Yeah, no. I mean, they. They get the money from the from the broadcasters, and they basically get told to when they play. Yeah, everyone. Every, that's every every club just gets told when they're going to play. Essentially, yeah. Um, heartbreaking that another game's been picked for pay per view. What happened yesterday? I thought I thought they were going to cut the price. Uh, yeah. Apparently, they were meant to be having a meeting, um, but it's just going on and on and on, isn't it? Um, it's, yeah, I tell you what is funny when you've got Mike Ashley calling for. The price to be cut in a third. This is bear in mind. This is a guy who, who sticks a complimentary three quid mug in every sports direct order you make online. If, if someone like Mike Ashley is calling for the prices to be knocked down, you you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and my, I said us on the podcast last week. I, I mean, look, forty ninety five is too much. There's no doubt about it. It should come down. But my big big gripe with it is that they keep picking the same teams for them. Yeah. If it was a one off, a one off. And it was nine ninety nine. I could live with it. If you if you told me I had to pay for one game every three months and it was nine ninety nine, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be happy about it. Um, but I'd probably do it. But I've said as I said last week, you are talking to someone who's cancelled their Sky Sports subscription. I've already cancelled. So um, I cancelled like eighteen months ago. So I don't. Yeah. I I genuinely think it's all a, a bit of a con and far too much money, and I'm not willing to pay for it. But for for me, I think. I've... Anything above seven pound fifty is a bit much for me. Um, so bang on half price, but yeah, I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, I can't believe they've put Albion in again. I can't believe it's got to be there's some a, sort of common sense there. There's a couple of teams, isn't there, that have been that have been picked on. Albion are in there. I think. I think Villa are in there as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, Brighton is that another one? It's all the teams that they know that that. They, Man United are always going to be shown, aren't they? On, yeah. On, and they know that, so they're going, so they're going to pick teams like Albion, like Brighton, who they know that they've got an absolute loyal army of fans who will will pay. Although I think, rightly so, I think a lot of people aren't paying, which is good. Really, I, I'm fully behind that. By the way, yeah, the amount of money raised for charity by fans who are refusing to pay that fifteen quid is great to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Leo Watkins if you could have anyone buy the football club who would it be your dream chairman uh, be it an fa- actual football businessman or just a hero of yours who do you think would do a good job God I've got absolutely no idea dream uh, chairman dream yeah, owner I think for Albion fans they want owners and I know they're down the road like, like Villa's owners someone who's going to go in and uh, they're willing to spend the money but like not, they don't look like an owner who is willy nilly with it. Like they're obviously worth a lot of money. They've got a lot of cash, but at the same time, they want to grow the club and 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 grow it into a team which can challenge in the right end. Yeah, yeah, that's all you want, isn't it? Yeah, I just, I mean, that is what. what I mean, I wouldn't know a specific person or. Uh, I mean, if I if I did, I'd uh, I'd, I'd be uh, knocking on the door and asking him to go down to the club. You're right. You're absolutely right. Everyone wants owners like that. Everyone wants owners like that. I'm absolutely like... So, I can't say a lot on this because um, I just can't. But 
obviously when you do stories on Gouch and Lai and, and, and like the ownership it's not as simple as going to a press conference on a Thursday and saying so Slavin uh, drink Mateus Pereira should have a new contract you just can't mm. you just don't get that access so these stories don't take days they don't take weeks they take months like it's, yeah. it's, it's not you can't um, so there's stuff I know about Gouch and Lai well that I think I know that one day hopefully I'll be able to write um, it's not good stuff um, but I'm working on it and I just I'm, I'm really really frustrated if I'm honest um, by people saying he's not the worst owner it mm. really gets my goat that does a little bit partly because some of the things I know and obviously other people don't know but I just think that's such a poor bar to accept um, just because yeah like he's not driven the club into the ground no like there's worse owners there, I mean there, there, there are like there are like there's no doubt about it there are um but he's doing next to nothing for the club. I mean, next to nothing. Yeah. So I, I just don't think you should be grateful for not having the worst. Yeah. Um, like if you were to... Blank slate, if you were to pick an owner, he would be like... When it goes from a scale of great to to terrible, he'd be in the poor bracket. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe in the... Below top, average. Maybe lower, in my opinion. Poor slash bad. Um, but, yeah, I just don't, I just, I mean, it's just a personal thing. I just don't like the argument. I just mm. don't like it. Um, partly because I think football, I understand football's got to be um, sense, sensible and run like a business. And I'm not against Albion being like self-sufficient and all this, that and the other. But people will pay a lot of money to support their club. They they travel up and down the country when fans are allowed in. It costs a fortune. It's escapism. People work hard all week to go to the games and kit their family out in little kit, kits and stuff. And you just deserve, deserve, all fans deserve a bit of ambition at the top. Um, mm. And and to just, I just, I just don't like it. He's not the worst owner. We could have worse. Well, yeah, you could. You're absolutely right. You could also have a hell of a lot better and you know what? You deserve it. Um, so that's why that argument really frustrates me. Fair point. Uh, Ryan Glasgow, you're a footballer. What's your trademark celebration when you score a goal? Uh, Do you know what mine would be? And it's it's so egotistical. I'd be one of them people that... There's got to be fans in the ground to do it. Uh, that, that, that does the whole, like, turns their back to the fans and points at the number on the back. Ah, uh, so arrogant. Or if I was away from home, I'd be a proper Jamie Vardy. What, with the ears? Yeah, that's yeah, give it to give it to the home fans. That's what Austin does. Callum Robinson does, <laughs> is the best. Oh, just stops and stares at the camera. <laughs> I know that was a good one, but I like the Callum Robinson where he goes and like lofts his arm into the air in front of no fans. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. I feel, I, I'd love to see you do the, do the classic Robbie Keane, you know? <laughs> Like rolls in front of the corner flag. I'd be like, I'd be proper in with the fans. I would just uh, would you flop into the fans? Yeah, just oh, jump yeah, and that'd be my trademark every time. You'd love that. You I'd would. absolutely love that. There's always chance when the Albion Potty Charity game ever happens. Yeah, it's never happening, mate. It's going to happen when COVID's not around. Yeah, but I'm not playing. But good luck with it. You are. You're you're one of the team captains. Who's the other one? You. Me? Oh, right. It's Team Massey versus Team Hatfield. I can't wait for that. 
I don't know if you're being like sarcastic. No, I'm not being sarcastic, mate. I'm not being sarcastic at all. I've got I've got images of of, of you going in two feet. I'm on massively me. unfit, mate. Like knee level. Yeah. Are you going to do a Pickford on me? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm avoiding you, mate. Um, Tom Hunt, did Slav give any indication as to why Sawyer's wasn't involved on Monday? Uh, yeah, not not. I asked him. Not not selected. Out of favour. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so I've got a Sawyer story coming out today or tomorrow as well. Uh, <laughs> of course, I've done it again. Um, where essentially Slavin has said, I need to read the quotes back, hang on. Um, basically, it's along the lines of, um, he wants, he's working with him every day to help him establish himself in the Premier League, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically said that he thought, we all know what type of player Romain is. Um, like a recycler, isn't he? Like moving moving the ball forward, finding... He's like the assist king for the assist person, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Slavin said that he, he thought he was the best player doing that role in the championship last season. He didn't think there was a better player in the championship than Romain in that role. Um, but there's no... Um, about it. He has struggled to step up a little bit. Mm. He's not imposing himself as he was. Um, and Slavin essentially said that he's working with him every day, really, to try and help him help him make that step up. And he's got no doubt that he can do it, but maybe he just needs to, a bit of time to adapt. And you also got to remember he has got increased competition now. Yeah. Um, so we've got Kravinovic, got Gallagher, got Livermore, got Field, um, and got Harper as well. So, yeah, but we'll see with Remain. Just because... Um, he's had a slow start doesn't mean we need to write him off yeah uh, Brim Reese, if people are potentially in a bidding war for Burnley why isn't anyone looking to buy us also how was your drive back from Brighton I know it well and it can be a right bugger <laughs> um, uh, so drive back first how was it eventful because so I stayed in Brighton. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and then, because that's like the rules at the company. Basically, if you do it over three hours for a midweek game, you're allowed to get a hotel. If you do it at the weekend, it's tough. But if you do it for a weekend in the week, you can get a hotel. So I got so I stayed in Brighton. Um, then I woke up and my boss wanted like a comment piece on the Billich situation. Based on, I remember, I remember sticking that online. Yeah, you retweeted it. You tweeted yeah. it for me. Um, so I had to write that. Um, so what I did was, I've set off and I stopped at a service station to get a bit of breakfast, and I started writing that comment piece. But annoyingly, I'd. I mean, this is a ridiculous story. I don't know why I'm telling it. Um, it I, I hadn't finished after like an hour and fifty-five minutes. So I got back in the car, and you can get fined. I've never, I've never have been fined. Yeah. But there's loads of signs saying if you stay here for two hours, you get fined. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it's not really worth the risk, really. So I got back in the car and then drove to like forty minutes to the next service station, and then finished that comment piece, and then and then got lunch. Then did it, and then, <laughs> no, I only had one meal actually. Then I had to do another my back page story, and then I drove home. Uh, so I broke up the journey, basically, with two stops to do work. And then for the last hour, I spoke to Matt Wilson. Oh, did you? Yeah. 
Ah. Have a good chat. I never get calls off you. Oh, sorry, pal. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. Did that really sad. Yeah, it's all right. Um, anyway, yeah, the, the bidding war for Burnley. Why oh, yeah, that was actually the serious part of that question. Um, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know. I mean, you got you know, Burnley have obviously been established in the Premier League for a lot longer. I'd say I'd I'd argue that Burnley are just a just as much risk as Albion yeah, going no, down. No, I agree with season. that. I absolutely agree with that. But um, yeah, I don't know. You, it doesn't make me sound like a great journalist, but let's be honest, my connections to lie are non-existent. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and. That does make me sound like a bad journalist, but I don't think Slavon Bilic's connections to lie are that great. So I think in the grand scheme of things, it's, uh, it's pretty understandable. And if, if you're doing as well as the manager, yeah. speaking to the owner, you're all right, mate. Um, so I think... The thing is, look, I think, like I said a million times before, lie wants to sell. I've, I've, been, I've been assured by people who I would... You, believe me, you would believe um, that Lai would love to sell, basically. Um, and that we saw a figure around, uh, it's come out the last couple of days, 175 million. Mm. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit here and say I do because I don't. I think it's very, very, very hard to get that figure um, of how yeah. much he'd accept. I think it's even harder to get it from Gouch and Lai, to be honest. If, if, if I mean, it's... If they are, if they have got it and they are correct and the hats off to them like they've done a brilliant job there the journalists who have got that um, but I do I am very 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 confident Albion are for sale mm. um, I think to be honest ninety percent of clubs are really um, but are they what would he be willing to take a twenty five million pound hit I don't know maybe he would because one hundred seventy five million is still an awful lot of money mm. um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the truth is, I think it's highly unlikely anyone would know if anyone's expressed any interest to lie. Yeah. Um, it's the type of thing where if Albion were to be sold, I think it, you'd, you'd find out about it very, very quickly. It would, would you reckon it would happen fast? It, a lot of the work could be yeah, done. Yeah, a lot of the work the would have been done. I mean, to put it in perspective, I covered the Walsall takeover. Yeah. Um, and I knew around three weeks before it was going to happen, um, based on what people at the club had told me, and sort of working with them not to not to announce it immediately, just in case anything happened. Mm. And it's a lot easier to find out that a guy, a grew the greatest respect, an English guy already on the board is going to buy a club than someone who is going to buy the club from from another English owner than it is to find out how an anonymous Chinese owner is doing selling the club. So, And let's be honest, I mean, you, you, you only need to look at protracted takeover talks that say Newcastle. Just because it was reported doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean God, God knows what's going on at Newcastle. Uh, is it Amanda Staveley? Yeah. That name, I understand. I mean, she's tried about a couple of times, hasn't she? To, to, and it always breaks down. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's for sale. As we said a million times before, are there many people out there who can afford to buy a football club? Not really, but having said that, people are obviously interested in Burnley and Derby as well. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so, 
I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I think it's going to happen. It'll happen. Yeah. I think it might all not take us by surprise because I think they are up for sale, but I think it would be, yeah, quick. Mm. Sandbox, as it's Halloween, which player in the Albion squad would you most like to spend a night with in a haunted house? For me, Jake Livermore. Ain't nobody messing with Jake Livermore. Yeah, so I'd say if you if you're scared, Jake. But if you just want to have a laugh, Carl Edwards. <laughs> you and Carl Edwards in a haunted house. Because it'd just be a laugh with him. It'd just be a laugh. You wouldn't know. Like he'd be hiding and messing about everywhere. You wouldn't know where he was going to pop up next. It'd be like have you ever done a, like the Scarefest thing at Alton Towers. He'd be playing all sorts. I've not done that. I've always wanted to. Ah, so me and my mate used to go every year. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But like he'd be pulling tricks left, right, and centre. It'd be a right laugh. So I'd go, Carl Edwards. You can yeah. you can be a pansy and let Jake protect you. <laughs> I'm gonna have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about it the other way. Yeah, I, I tell you what. I bet Carl Edwards is great, is a great laugh. Um, here we go. Another one. Uh, Macefield. Now we have a proper striker in the form of Colin Grant. Is there a place for Callum Robinson in the starting lineup? Could he move on to the wing, or is there no room ahead of him uh, with the likes of Prairie and Garner and Kravinovic? Oh, it's a huge spot for him. I mean, everything's about form, isn't it? Really, um, and I mean, he's such a good player. I think it's a bit harsh to say if everyone's if everyone's banging form, then. He probably is going to be on the bench. If Grady's flying and, and Carlin Grant's flying and Mateus is flying. But they're not going to be flying all season. They're forward players. Forward players are erratic by the very nature, aren't they? Especially wingers. Um, so it's a squad game. It's as simple as that. It's a squad game. And Callum will come off the bench and change games like he did at Brighton, let's be honest. I thought he was absolutely fantastic when he came on. Um, got the assist. And he'll start games. Um as well, because there'll be players will drop, lose, they'll, they'll drop a bit of form. They'll need to rotate, and and he'll be in good form and make himself undroppable. So, yeah, it'd be, I think he's going to be a huge player this year. Huge. Hmm. Uh, good question. This one from Andrew Weller. Who is most likely to get a senior international cap? Pereira, Kravinovic, or Dean Garner? Uh, Pereira. I think we had something similar last week's guest. Pereira, Kravinovic, I think Pereira. Yeah, I think Kravinovic, you know. I think Croatia got some good midfielders, mate. Yeah, but they're ageing midfielders. Yeah, they have got, yeah. I mean, Modric isn't young. Oh, he's like 33, I think. Rakitic? Yeah, I think they've got a few younger players than that, though, now. 35, Modric is. Um... Bought me a pint once. I've told that story before. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because Pereira wants to play for Portugal. Oh, does he? Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to I mean, think. Portugal are wanted. really good. They're top they side are. now, aren't they? Um, Pereira for me. Dean Garner will be unlucky, I think, because... He... He's just he's just in a, in a generation of... of, of talented in yeah. uh, wingers isn't he it's like Harvey Barnes really I, I think he's going to be unlucky yeah um, well like, and like Grealish I suppose uh, Grealish has got his way in though now hasn't he well yeah but yeah. deservedly by the way um, yeah well, I think Pereira would be my bet 
Okay. Uh, this is a question we get every single week, but I'll ask it again. Uh, Et White ninety one has a FIFA Ferguson been agreed yet? Well, no. So I mean, yeah, we had it last week as well. Um, so obviously, it's highly, highly likely I'll go to tribunal. Um, but that said, as I said last week, I think Albion would like the money for January, and Palace would obviously like it not to go to a tribunal. So mm. all I know is that there's been a couple of offers from Palace and they've all been rejected. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. The, the issue is that tribunals take so long. And I, I've got to be honest, I've got absolutely no reason. No, I don't know why. I don't know why it takes so long. So like the Danny Ings one took 10 months. You think it would just be a matter of getting a, a group of people into a room and saying, OK, this is the value that he was... He was rated out. This is a deal they agreed previously. Yes, he's injured, so maybe and like you know, remove a little bit of time off. Yeah. And give him X amount. I mean, I'm not saying it's that simple, but it's not as it's not so complex that it takes ten months. It shouldn't be, should it? I don't quite know what the issue is there. Um, but it would be very helpful for Albion to have that money in January. It would. Um, so we'll see. They might be backed into a corner where they have to accept a Palace bid. You never know, really. Mm. Um, but it's something to keep tabs on. Two more. First one comes from Ollie. How much does it annoy you that West Brom still get classed as a yo-yo club even after being established in the Premier League for nine years previously? Um, does that annoy you? I know, it anno- I know it annoys a lot of fans. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm new to West Brom, aren't I? So I can understand why... Um, what I what what I really hate, making it a bit more specific to me, is when people use the term "oh lazy journalism." I hate that saying. When someone yeah. says, "Oh, that's lazy journalism," like it really annoys me because nine times out of ten, I could probably defend the journalist and make a case and explain why it isn't lazy journalism. But with that, unfortunately, it is lazy journalism. It just mm. is. They're, they, 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 they're not a yo-yo club, are they? Like they, they were established for, for eight years. So, yeah, for, it's teams like nowadays Fulham and Norwich uh, who've been maybe up and down a couple of times. Yeah, Norwich. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Norwich is a bit of a stretch, but Fulham. I mean, Fulham. They went up, they went down, and now they're back up. That is a definition of yo-yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So, like, I do. It does annoy. It does. It will annoy fans an awful lot more than it annoys me. But it does annoy me to see that lazy journalism where people are saying that when they're just not not looking at the facts, really, are they? Mm. Um, because they're not. They're not a yo-yo club. Last one comes from Jack Bradley. Not a food-related question to save Joe's sanity. But who is Joe Massey's all-time favourite football manager, Wonder Kid, and why? Uh, no, not, this is what people want. see. I'm well up for talking about football manager. Just someone said Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu, no, he's never, never, never been one of mine. Um, I've got loads. I have. I could talk about it all day, mate. I don't know if you want me to go into all this. Yeah, go into one, mate. Give, give me your best one. So we've got, I got <laughs> Anthony Van Den Boer. Is that yours? Hey, it's someone that Jack mentions. No, I've never bought him. Um, so, 
I got loads. So there was one game when I can't remember when it was. It was like it was like mid nineties, I think. Um, but there's a player. He's, he's he's an icon on the game. Like if you like read his Wikipedia page, it basically talks. All it does is talk about his football manager status. But it's, it's called Mads Jorgensen. Okay. And um, there was a, a version of Football Manager where. Um, he was a right midfielder and he was absolutely, he's Danish and he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and there was another player called Florentine Petra who, w- okay. who, who was on the left, it was a left winger and he was almost as good. He was, he was like a top, top player, but Mads Jorgensen was exceptional, uh, like ridiculously good. And you could li- if you were, you could sign him for any, so like we're talking like, Man United 1999, yeah? You could... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You drop Beckham and Giggs for these two. Like, they were ridiculous. And you could you could sign them for any club in the Premier League. But it didn't matter who you were. Because they were just... I think one was Swedish and one was Danish. And you could pick them up for, like... Petra was... They're, a, coming, they're coming from nowhere. Yeah, they're basically. coming from nowhere. Young, I can't remember it like it was yesterday. It's absolutely ridiculous. But Mads Jorgensen was like 2.3 million and Petra was... He was slightly worse, but he was like 4.4 million. But he was still amazing. Um, and basically, you buy those two, you had a cracking chance. They were unreal. Um, unreal. And then... I had this guy called Oscar Cardozo. Okay. <laughs> Parag- Paraguayan? Is that, yeah, right? yeah, is that yeah. That right? Paraguayan, Parag- Paraguayan is the right word. Um, yeah. yeah, Paraguayan striker who assigned, who like smashed him in. He's like in his career, he's like smashed him in everywhere, but he's never come. I don't like always for like weird clubs. But I signed them, and he was like unreal. And then I signed. This is my recent best one. This was a couple of years ago. You know, Arta, the Barcelona midfielder. Yeah, yeah. But when he was like a nobody in France, when like, because not France in Brazil, when because football managers they got so good, aren't they? At knowing the next big thing. Yeah. Um, and I bought Arthur for Newcastle. Um, and he was just like hands down the best central midfielder in the Premier League. Just ran the show. He was amazing. Um. Yeah, so there, Cardozo probably my favourite because he was like my little gem. He's the one you found. He's the one I found. He's not the one which he was. He was. He was the uh, the off choice, the off brand choice. Yeah, and then everyone sort of knew about Mads Jorgensen and Florentine Petra, and then yeah, Arta obviously has become a world beater since. So, but yeah, it's tragic how much I can talk about football manager and how happy it makes me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm assuming you're getting Football Manager 21 I tend to uh, buy it next month. Every other year, mate. I tend to buy it I'm, every other year. I'm diving back in next month. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know why? Go on. It's, it's going to be on the new Xbox. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's going to be on the new Xbox, and if it's got multiplayer, oh my god. Yeah, it feels weird doing it with a controller. It does. Apparently, they're kind of like trying to make it look better so that it works better with controller. Right, yeah. I mean, I, Either way, I'm diving back in. I got so I'll be I'll be hunting people down just like just like Cardozo, mate. I got Donny Van der Beek currently. Decent. Yeah, decent. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, right, let's finish up with a preview, shall we? Uh, big old game, Fulham versus West Brom at the Cottage. Um, memories of your first game coming out, yes, right, mate. I don't forget these things. Ah, oh, it's a special day, wasn't it? Yeah, but I won't be there. 
Um, so Have you tried? It's not, I'm not working, am I? Just giving up at the minute, haven't you? I, I'm 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 travelling to Centre Park, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say which one. Um, but yeah, I'm going to the Centre Park, so I'll I'll be I'll be I'll be keeping on my on Twitter, mate, for you. Um, it a lot of people at the start of the season would have would have had Albion and Fulham as as relegation candidates. Is it? It's too early to say to say that this is a six pointer, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's too early to say it's a six pointer, definitely. But but I don't. There's, no, no, you can't. But there's, but at the same time, you can't underplay the importance of the game, game. For, for both sides. Really, I mean, it's absolutely massive. Um, both after their first win. Both after their first win. Yeah, I mean, it, Fulham have found it uh, the step up a little bit harder, obviously. Mm. Um, now, but I mean, it's massive. It's massive. It's a massive game. Well, uh, well, there's no point in saying it any other way. As a look, the truth is, Albion probably have to win eight games if they're going to uh, be in with a realistic chance of staying up. Um, that's sort of the bare minimum, really. Um, it's not. E- it's not easy to win games in the Premier League. Fulham is a massive opportunity. Mm. It's an absolutely massive opportunity. Um, and. Look, let's hope they go and surprise us against Tottenham and Man United. And they've already sort of surprised us against Chelsea. Hugely unfortunate not to win that game. But you'd imagine they're not going to win. They're not going to beat Tottenham or Man United. So if they don't beat Fulham, it'll be nine games played without a win. Um, which I, th- I genuinely, genuinely believe that the confidence, that the belief, that the spirit at Albion is on the up. I, I think mm. I feel like they they feel they're improving, they're adapting to the level, they're getting to grips with it. Um, but I think if they went sort of nine, ten games without a win, I think that would be a little bit deflating again. So this is their best opportunity. Um, it's a, I keep saying it, but it's a massive game. It is. Um, how would you line up if you were Billets? Do you keep things as? Because I mean, obviously, the second half against Brighton was so good. Do you keep keep things the same? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you've asked this question, but I don't think you can play. Someone has asked it. I think it's a fair question to ask. So the last the last twenty five twenty minutes at Brighton, I annoyingly wrote he played four two three one with Mateus Pereira in the ten role, and I sort oh. of got guided by other people around me saying that. Um, and, and bottled it a little bit, but he didn't. He played four three three, yeah. Um, and Pereira was effectively a central midfielder. He wasn't. A, he wasn't quite a ten. Um, which incidentally is where he was moved to at that game at Fulham because Fulham ran rings. I don't know if you remember, Fulham ran rings round Albion for twenty five minutes. Harrison Reid was oh, so he was good that day, superb, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Absolutely superb. Um, and it was more before. I mean, look, the difference between four three three and four two three one when Pereira's in a slightly different, slightly more advanced central midfield role to a number ten role is absolutely minuscule, isn't it? But he was just slightly deeper um, against Brighton, and I think it was it was a bit of a roll of the dice from Bilic to to have Kravinovic and um, Gallagher as the two behind behind him. Yeah. Um, Neither of them are what uh, they're, they're very very well-rounded players, but neither of them are what you'd call a ball winner. They're not Sam Field, um, and they're not Jake Livermore. So 
it was a roll of the dice. But literally, he's always sort of thought about it. But he, but he, he's sort of. I think it was very much the first time he's done it. I don't think that was anything they've been working on in training. Uh, a bit like at Blues last season when he just massively rolled the dice and went three at the back. Yeah, it went like to a, a really twisted three, four, three, one, four, two, or whatever. Yeah, it was. with wing backs who didn't defend at all, um, and it worked at Blues, and then obviously it worked at um, Brighton. But I don't think you can. There's one thing when you're chasing a game, and you've got 25 minutes to to score to play like that. But it's another thing to start a game like that for 90 minutes. So I think you need. Personally, I think you need a, a, a more of a holding midfielder in there. So, I think I think the team will be basically the team that played at Brighton. I think it'll be exactly the same, exactly the same team. Four three three. Um, I think maybe the one, maybe Robinson from Diangana. Do you reckon? Um, I know Diangana didn't do great against Brighton, but yeah, he was he was up against. And one of the one of the breakup like players of the season so far in Tottenham team. Yeah, I think some of the criticism of Dean Gunn has been a bit OTT to be honest. Um, um, I mean, he's been he's been great in other games. I think he scores again. If he scores against Burnley, I said this last week. He's had a fantastic start to the season. I mean, look, he was quiet and he he was a bit. He, he lost the ball a lot at Brighton. He did. Um, he tried it and he was guilty of overplaying as well. But. Um, yeah, I think, Do you think Gibbs maybe starts? I think Townsend's getting better. I think he's doing all right. Um, there's obviously an issue with Kieran Gibbs at the moment. Um, we obviously can't... I mean, Billich said he needs to train, but effectively said he needs to train harder. So it's up to Kieran Gibbs, really, isn't it? Um, but I don't think Townsend has done anything, really, to warrant coming out of the side. I think he's doing all right. Fair point. Um, so I think, yeah... I probably probably think it'll be the same eleven, but I think, but Robinson is definitely breathing down the neck of Dean Garner on that left hand side. Yeah. Uh, you look at this team, this game, and obviously neither team have won in the Premier League yet. Obviously, having in a bit of a better position. How do you think the teams will approach it? Do you reckon this is a game that's going to be cagey, with neither team really wanting to give up a goal? I mean, obviously, no team wants to give up a goal in a game, but. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you can be more expansive, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, personally, I do. I mean, I might be proved wrong, but I do think it's going to... I think it's going to be nervy, I do. Mm. Um, I do. I don't... Yeah, I can't say it any other way. I think I think that'd be... It's, it's one of those games where there's actually pre- a lot of pressure on both teams. Yeah. Um, and I think there could, it could be quite... An, it could be a bit stalemate I think it's going to be 1-1, one, one, you know. 1-1? One, one. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a thriller. I don't think it'll be a thriller. I think it'll be 2-0 Albion, though. Oh, well, that'd be all right. It doesn't need to be a thriller if they win. Oh, yeah. God might. Yeah, just take the points in any which way possible. But I think Albion are going to win the game. Oh, right. The only player that worries me is Loftus-Cheek. This is the thing. We were... I, I, I know you said earlier. I was on this Fulham podcast earlier. That he's on about potentially... Loftus Cheek being played out on the right because they want to try and get Harrison Reed back in that midfield, and they've already got they've got Angisa, Reed, and Kearney. But that means Luckman's one to watch out for. I think he's been really good um, from what I've seen of him. But then they're on about playing Loftus Cheek on the right. 
Yeah, I've seen this setup like that. I mean, Lookman's a good player, isn't he? Um, I mean, he's great going forward. I like Tom Kearney as well. I mean, he, I thought Kearney was brilliant in that first half at Craven Cottage last season. His runs from deep, were, he was. I mean, he, how he didn't score, it was it was ridiculous. Did he score? I think he might have scored. I can't remember who scored for that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I can't actually remember. I know it was knockout, fluked one in, didn't they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Because uh, that was a, a joy scored, didn't he? He scored his first Albion goal that day. Yeah. Um, yeah, was, yeah, Kenny was brilliant that day. But, yeah, they've got good players. I just I just think Albion, uh, Albion got, got better players. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Right, that just, uh, that just about does us, mate. Okay, nice. So we're you got g- anything else to add? Um, no, mate, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'll miss you next week, though. You'll miss me, but you'll cope. We'll cope, yeah, you're right. You'll, you'll manage without me. Judah loves it, uh, mate. When Judah comes on, he does competitions. Yeah, yeah Judah's got to try and sell himself with these competitions because all, all, the, all, the, all the listeners know who he really follows. It's all, it's all, all style, no substance, isn't it, mate? Exactly, exactly. He'll, he, he's gonna, he's gonna, he wants to go down to Molyneux every weekend. Yeah, there's got to be something seriously wrong with him. Yeah, it must be. I don't know what's going through his head. All right, uh, yeah, that just about does us. Uh, hopefully Alvin can get three points at the cottage. Uh, until then, you know where to go for all your Albion news, expressstar.com, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks, but Joe will be back next week, I'm sure, alongside Mr. Judah. So from me, from Joe, a fun fellow. <laughs>